0: We had a little bit of technical difficulties, that's why the show's coming out late, but it's okay, because this is the super show for The Welch Report. I'm your host, Jean-Luc Welch, and today we got very special guests, a collaboration episode. The multiverse of the sports world is coming together as we have Mitchell Baldwin and Dono coming on the show for the Got Next Podcast. Brothers, how y'all doing? How y'all doing today?
1: Great, man. Great doing. Excellent. Uh, appreciate you for having us on. Love the energy in the intro, man. Get you hyped up.
0: Yeah, did, uh, Yeah, yeah. I, I, again, I had to. This is what. This is <laughs> because of technical difficulties. I Had to kind of muster it back up. But again, we do what we do because, again, this is one of the greatest shows on the platform. At least we're just trying to make it that way. We want to vote to a thousand. The monetization. Let me get some ad money. Let me get some revenue so we can get some better cameras, better lighting. I can, you know, move out. <laughs> Get my, get my own place and yeah and so i can bring better content to you the people yes the people as bang said in batman but again this is a super show this is the culmination of the entire nba season and specifically the nba finals the warriors have been crowned the nba champions steph has won finals mvp in a very convincing win in game six so from the got next podcast i want to hear from, from you all what do you how did you all feel about this win and about the essentially, performance of the warriors throughout the series
1: yeah um I, I just feel like i honestly let me just start with this i had boston winning this series uh, to tell the truth, oh. I, I had the Celtics beating them beating them uh, in seven games in this series. And I feel like in more games than not bust and beat themselves. Uh, they shot themselves out of a lot of games. The turnovers also killed them. Warriors are one team you cannot turn the ball over against because they can get out in transition. And we know how lethal they are from three. And even though Clay was on for most part of this series, you had guys like Andrew Wiggins and Gary Payton and Otto Porter stepping up, and I just feel like that kind of defines the Warriors. That defines a dynasty. Um, you can continue to evolve no matter the era, the decade, and you continue to fill in with young guys and guys that kind of fit the current game, and just just continue to find ways to win. So I just feel like this minute Steph's legacy even more. He was already a top ten player all the time, but he's knocking on the door that top five conversation. Oh, okay. He's revolutionized the game and just changed it. Up. You can't deny his impact and just, just kudos to the Warriors. They're definitely one of the great dynasties in basketball.
0: Okay. no, right. I'm, I'm going to say, hold your horses on the, on the top five conversation, top five talk. We're going to have our gripes with that in a little bit, but Mitchell, how did you feel about the series?
2: i say saying now, and I said it before the uh, series started, Warriors and six, man. That's all I got to say. Look, I said it before, man. I I think it's really understated how the Celtics were able to beat the Bucs in the in that second round series. Um, just simply because Chris Middleton was not playing. And it's like if you don't if the Bucs don't have a go-to score, like you literally have Giannis and Drew Holiday trying to make shots at the end of a game. So, like, honestly, they were gonna beat the Bucs, but even at that point, I'm like, I wasn't really impressed with the Celtics run, other than beating the Nets. That that was impressive. I'm not gonna lie. That was impressive, but. Beating the Bucks and then beating the Heat as we were also a depleted team, I was never really impressed with the Celtics. So when it came to the finals, I had Warriors in six the whole time. And, you know, Dono had to send me $20 because, of course, you know, he had Boston, and I had, and I had the Warriors, man. But let's get uh, to what this means for the Warriors. I think that they are definitely cemented as one of the greatest dynasties we've seen in the NBA. Um, four championships in eight years. You know, Steph finally has his finals MVP that he's been trying to get forever. Um, so – I think that this definitely cements them and uh, Steph's legacy going forward.
0: See, yeah, in terms of having, you know, the all-time talk as a team, this is one of the greatest teams or dynasties that we've ever seen. Consistently with that core, Steph, Clay, and Dre, they have essentially revolutionized the way that offense is looked at. They, they, they You know what they did? You know what they did? They perfected everything that Mike D'Antoni wanted in offense to me fast-paced running gun fluid and and in all facets we can get a bucket from any which way from anybody that's the key thing anybody on the floor has the ability to at any given point in time become a legitimate scoring option because their offense is like water they adapt to whatever situation arises or whatever the defense does and they do it again the smart thing of taking what they're given now again they want to take threes but even when given a small space in terms of shooting, up, in in terms of shooting space, with a player like Steph and Klay, it just opens up the floor to where they'll adapt to just that little amount and still get a high percentage shot. And so, they in terms of offenses, this is probably one of the best offensive dynasties I've ever seen. Defensive, again, you know we've been, we've seen some better ones. The Spurs with their dominant performance, led by. Tim Duncan, one of the greatest defensive players, consistent defensive players the game has ever seen. Of course, you got the Chicago Bulls, you know, with their runs, the Bad Boy Pistons during their, you know, when they won their two titles. But in terms of, of offensive ability, I don't think I've seen a more adept offense. And regardless of what you want to say about, you know, oh, you know, the, the, the era that they played in, defense wasn't able to really be defensive, you can't touch nobody. No, forget that, regardless of that. It started with Mark Jackson. Steve Kerr took what Mark Jackson made in the Warriors organization and with their ability to play offense and perfected it and turned it into an all-time great system that regardless of what team you want to match up against, Anybody would have a tough time guarding that team. Many of them would lose. You can look at it and say many of them would lose in in, 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 a lot of, in situations to that Warriors team. So I would say, yeah, they're one of the greatest of all time. And I can comfortably say that. I don't like saying it. I don't like saying it. And granted, if that's just me. I don't like saying that the Warriors are great, but that's normally only because, you know, friends of mine, Bryce Foreman, fans of the show, and fans of the Warriors more more so. And they've just given me, given me, uh, made my existence abysmal with this whole, ever since this run, ever since this run, I can't stand it. I cannot stand it. But more importantly, this is, what, well, not more importantly, but just as importantly, as much as we tout Steph Curry, we're going to get into his legacy um, in terms of the all-time greats, like, like we alluded to earlier with top 10. But in terms of with Boston, now that you see the pitfalls, especially with Jason Tatum and 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 Marcus Smart, and again, like I've said consistently, this is a team that beats themselves, and they've never ever been able to get over the hump because they can't grasp the ability to get the kill when possible. We saw multiple times in this series, in this very series, when the Warriors should have they should have been able to beat the Warriors, like when Steph had gotten cold, only scored seventeen. And there was another game when they were tied, was it like 88, 80, or excuse me, 89, 89, or 86, 89. And there was like four minutes where one bucket probably swayed the momentum for them for whoever scored. At that point in time, probably was going to win the game. And they couldn't capitalize on that. Jason Tatum coming up short and playing diminished. It's under his offensive ability, putting the ball in the bucket. Now that we've looked at this entire series and seen Boston, kind of, again, fail again, what do you think they have to do to finally say, hey, we can get – a chip. Uh,
1: I feel like they, they just need that just that like that one veteran point guard like just that, that one presence that can kind of like just calm them down when things get a little erratic when they're taking those terrible shots. Um, Cause I feel like that game you're mentioning, that I, I don't remember what you're talking about they were down by three uh, and they kept settling for three pointers trying to tie the game on one mm-hmm. shot instead of just still attacking the basket because they were getting the stop, but they just were taking terrible shots. So I feel like that definitely plays a factor. Like they just need that guy that can kind of calm down and say, we're going to run our sets. We're going to run this pick and roll and we're going to get the best shot. And then rely on our defense. Cause when they relied on their defense and then took smart shots, played great offense, Boston was a, a tough team for anybody um, in the league to beat in the second half of the season. And then this whole postseason. um, like Mitch said, when they played against Brooklyn, it was like they kind of just put everything together at once. They were playing great defense, and then offensively, they were just playing great basketball. It wasn't really that many dumb shots. I feel like another problem uh, that contributes to the bad shots is like – Mark. I feel like sometimes Marcus Smart contributes to the bad shots. Yes, he doesn't. does. So Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown – Jalen Brown may turn the ball over, and Jason Tatum come down, pull up for a step-back three. Then Marcus Smart will come down after a rebound and just pull up for a three in transition. Those are three terrible shots like two bad shots in the turnover. So even a guy like, you know, Rajon Rondo, they brought him back to Boston. Somebody that can kind of just like calm him down, play a couple minutes and kind of help them close games out.
2: That'd be a huge help for Boston.
0: You're right. You're right. Mitch, what you got I to say? I would not agree more
2: with anything Donovan just said. Um, I've been saying it for years, but I think right now is the best time to get rid of Marcus Smart this is the highest his trade value has ever been since he's been on the Celtics mm. being that he just wanted a defensive player, of the Year award. So there's a lot of teams in the NBA that would love to have Marcus Smart on that team, the Miami heat being one. Um, but we, <laughs> well, I just, I, they really do need that veteran point guard presence. Absolutely. Like you can't have two guys, like two of your star players that take really bad shots on a team. And then y'all expect to win a championship. You know what I'm saying? Like JT the fact that he loves that side step 3 like sometimes he relies on that a little bit too much Jalen Brown like a little his handle is a little bit broken he definitely needs to work on his handle in the offseason but like he likes to pull up for that um, that mid-range pull up and like sometimes it's going to be there sometimes it's not but sometimes it's not the best shot even though you can make a shot that doesn't make it the best shot so it's like you need to probably you need to get a point guard in there that can tell people hey you're not going to go take this shot. Like we, we need to hold the ball in this situation. We need to be patient. We need to find the best shot. We got 24 seconds to do it. Let's find the best shot we can get on the court. And they don't have anybody like that right now because they're mainly focused on the defensive end. But if they do get rid of Marcus Smart, you know, it is going to be a question mark of where their defense is going to come from. But like, I, like Donald just brought up with the net series, um, Jason Tatum basically shut down Kevin Durant. Like we're not going to act like that didn't happen. Jason Tatum was one of the best players, one of the best defensive players in the playoffs at that point. Like, I had never seen Jason Tatum play that level of defense ever. So it's like if he can if he can continue to get better on the defensive end, they're not going to need Marcus Smart, and they're going to have a, a point guard that can actually help them on the offensive end then, which makes it easier so they can expend more um, energy on the defensive end.
0: See, I agree with everything that Donald said. I agree with everything that you said, Mitch. My opinion on Boston, and this is going to be controversial, I understand. (laughs) Uh, Actually, no, it's not controversial, because right now he's shown it. I don't think – well, let me rephrase that. Unless Jason Tatum – first off, before anything, Marcus Smart, yes, if they can trade him right now, absolutely, because you can get – again – Without Marcus Smart, you can still have an elite defense. You just need more depth. Because Derek, Derek White, abysmal. Abysmal in this final series. Abysmal. And he was he, he was taking what? 10 shots? Um, I was almost taking like 10 shots. 10 shots a game. Nearly. Every every game. And most of them were threes, and he kept missing. And and he had some bright spots. The majority of his production was eh, Very mad. If not not mad, just straight up bad. So getting more depth on the Celtics would help them out a lot, understandable. However, everything still falls on Jason Tatum in this respect. Right now, I'm really concerned. I'm willing to say I don't think Boston can win a championship with Jason Tatum. And I feel fairly confident in that. Reason being is because of the fact that you got to understand that you just brought it, yeah, yeah, you say wow all you want. In fact, thinking that's how most people feel when they hear comments like that, but I don't care. You got to understand, you should, should have a bomb one. You need to drop a bomb. Yeah, don't worry. Look, I'm, I'm getting my sound, I'm getting my soundboard correct, you know, one day at a time. We're gonna add more. I gotta make, again, copyright. Gotta make, gotta make sure I don't get sued for the stuff I use. So <laughs> playing it safe for the time being. But again, I'm the bomb. So I'm the one that explodes when I say what I gotta say. So again, if the sound effect doesn't do it, my my the the words I say most likely will. But let me get back on track. I don't think they can win a championship with Boston, or I don't think Jason Tatum is gonna lead Boston to a championship. Rather regardless of who they put on the team because of the fact that right now with the way that he is approaching the game, he plays outside of himself. I, that I said this in game five, and it came apparent in game six. Jason Tatum, when it comes time to playoff settings, gets sped up to the point that now he's rushing. You don't see that with Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown was one of the most consistent players on the team. But even with that, him being consistent in terms of Jalen Brown, Jason Taylor was still putting up comparable numbers. And that's not what you need from a start. You can't be playing side-by-side side with your number two. The reason why the Bucs, and I heads, I say and can, will continue to say, that the Bucs would have won a championship if healthy, and next year I got them getting to the finals and most likely winning it, depending on who they face. If it's the Warriors again, they blow them out in five. And I, say that, I will say that definitively because of the fact that Boston and Milwaukee have similar constructed teams. The only difference is that Milwaukee has a guy that plays as the out-and-out out number one on a consistent basis on both sides of the floor. If you get great defense from Jason Tatum like he did on Kevin Durant, then you're not getting stellar offense. If you're getting stellar offense, you don't get great defense at times. And then if you're getting both, It's 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 he plays just good on both sides of the ball, which is great if you're if you're not the number one option. But if you're the guy on the team, you have to be able to play at an elite level on both sides of the floor or at minimum continually stay elite on one side of the floor. For the entirety of a series and or playoffs and Jason Tatum right now hasn't shown that he has that capability to do so. Luca has. Lucas had less help, less defensive presence. A coach that again is I, I respect Jason Kidd. But 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 and he's a great coach. But I'm still needing to see more facets of his coaching. And again, that may come with once he gets the personnel, we'll get to see full flourish. Again with Christian Woods as a legitimate you note know, center having on the team say what you want say what you want Christian Woods and and Luca I think it's going to be a really good combination in my estimation if he underperforms hey that's on him but if if he does what he's supposed to do okay hey I think we got a great combination going and a great young core around Dallas that can it's going to be a legitimate threat but Jason Tatum has everything at his disposal, yet he's continued to underproduce. With age, people say he's going to be able to adapt and become the face of the league or a top-ten player or just give it time. He's going to be that starter everybody's looking for. I don't think he's going to be that. I don't think he's going to be that. And it's not until he understands that he needs to take his time and slow down. If he can't get that, no matter how great of his offensive skill set becomes, I don't think he's going to be able to reach the pinnacle of his career success and get to a point where he can lead his team or any team for that matter to a championship because if you're still playing at a level comparable to your number two star that's not okay because if you're playing at that level that means that you're being inefficient as we saw with Jason Taylor shooting about 37 percent from the field while Jalen Brown shooting 41 that point I'm saying that's just inexcusable it's just inexcusable so I don't think he's gonna be able to lead any team to a championship until he gets that moniker. In his game, or, that, or that, that, that attribute in his game of I'm, if I'm going to be the guy, I'm going to play at my pace. I'm not going to let anybody play outside of my, force me to play outside of myself. If he can't master that, I don't care how good he gets skill-wise or in terms of things that he can do on the offensive end, he's not going to be able to utilize it his fullest capacity. Hence, we're going to see similar performances on a nightly basis, on a yearly basis rather than playoffs.
2: Um, it's not. I don't hate anything you said, but I think it really gets understated how inconsistent I think both of them are, JB and JT. I think that I've never seen them play well together on the same night. It's like insane. They can never play well on the same night. It's like one is either really good or the other one's really bad, or like it, they're never on the same page ever. JB and JT. So it's like I don't know how they're gonna ever be able to win like that honestly, because it's like both of them are just so inconsistent. Like, it, you never get the same amount of production from either of them. Jalen Brown was averaging 14 points going into this series. Mm-hmm. And and then he's, he's just hooping. Like, he was actually outplaying Jason Tatum in some of these games. Absolutely. If the if the Celtics even won this, honestly, Jalen Brown should get finals MVP. Should not have been Jason Tatum at all. And I think that it even speaks to a bigger point that Jason Tatum ha- led the entire, the entire league in the playoffs in, in turnovers. He led the entire thing in turnovers. And that's that speaks to the point that they need a point guard. Yep. They need somebody that can facilitate and make easy shots for both of them. So then maybe they can actually be hot on the same night. Because I've never seen it. When they actually need both of them to step up on the same night, it doesn't happen. It's either one or the other so every time.
0: That's that a phenomenal point. So now that brings us to our next question. In terms of Boston, who, if they could get a point guard, who would you want them to get? And don't know, I'll let you go first since Mitch, just you, you, you already went. How do you feel? Who what point guard would you want the Boston Celtics to get?
1: Um so in terms of point guards available, just, just over so clear. Who who's out there for them besides of course like John Wall probably. I, I, maybe Colin Sexton.
2: Um my thing is and we talked about this on the podcast yesterday Dono, um that pure point guard is kind of dead in the NBA right now. Um yeah who like their best bet? Honestly, should have been to go after Lonzo Ball. That I think would have been a great fit for them as far yep. as defense and playmaking. Mm-hmm. He's going to give you that at high, that the highest level.
0: And he was, so, and he's shooting over like, almost forty percent.
2: That's the other thing. Yes, and he's dedicated to the gym. He's going to work. You know what I mean? Like he's changed his entire game mm-hmm. basically since he first got in the NBA. So they should have went all out for Lonzo Ball. I kind of hate that they they keep going after marginal guards. Like you know they got Dennis Schroeder. And then Kyrie Irving left. And then they're like, okay, let me replace him with Kimball Walker, who's just a worse Kyrie Irving. So it's like I don't really understand, like, why they can't just, like, fully invest in that point guard position. Honestly, Lonzo Ball would have been perfect for them, but I don't really know, honestly. John Wall probably, but he, he costs too much money. So I don't think that's not going to work either. So I got
1: nothing. Uh, yeah, I don't really know who's a, a realistic option for them. Um you, may-
0: Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let, let you finish. Uh,
1: Maybe Rondo is an option. I don't know if he's a free agent or not. I don't know if he's still signed with Cleveland. But, I mean, they just need like that at that point. Guard. If there was a way for them to get John Wall, I would like John Wall on the Celtics. He might not have that same explosion that he, that he once had. But in terms of being a great passer, uh, his IQ, what what does John Wall bring to the game that, that could benefit Boston? Um, you want to bring up his shooting. You can't tell me Marcus Smart's a better shooter than John Wall. They probably shoot about the same. They're they're erratic shooters. That's always been John Wall's um, Achilles' heel. Not trying to be funny, but he uh, he he couldn't really shoot. He couldn't really shoot. He he's been with the Wizards. I, I was a, I'm a Wizards fan. I grew up watching the Wizards. Uh, so I seen I seen John Wall. Um, his downfall's always been his jump shot. But he, if he can. Knocked out a mid-range every now and then. And sometimes he has solid nights where he does knock down a three ball. But you can't say Marcus Smart is a better shooter than John Wall. There would be a drop-off defensively, uh, in my opinion. But as long as you got Robert Williams back there and he's healthy, um, I don't feel like their defense would take that much of a drop-off. So I feel like John Wall is that guy that can kind of fill in. And he has a lot to prove. So when you have guys that have a chip on their shoulder, um, he was an all-star, all-NBA caliber uh, player. He got a chip on the shoulder too, so I think he would play some motivated basketball.
0: I I, I feel you. I'm sorry for laughing at your Achilles heel. Uh, I wasn't. Uh, that, that was funny. I'm, that was, so, that, I'm so sorry. That's so that's just facts.
1: That was that might have been terrible timing, but I, I apologize. John, John Wall, my man. John Wall, Mitch Wall is my probably my favorite player coming up. Him and Lebron i rock with john
0: wall i do too but 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 again it's 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 a it's a it's, it's a travesty it's a travesty that we got that it's i apologize that's that that sound is for me i laughed at john wall having an injured achilles and dono essentially in uh, subsequently making a joke not intentionally but it just happened Serious injury. You should never laugh at other people's downfall or 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 plights. Uh, but it was very clever. Was very clever, regardless of the fact. Um, if I am, I don't. I don't. I'm. I'm okay with John Wall, mind you. They like you said, they can trade market smart. He's got the highest values. They can maybe trade for a, a, a higher tier um, player rather than just you know settling for you know a John or. Or rondo or somebody like that in turn not nothing against rondo but in terms of if they got john wall i don't know if i would like that because of the fact that at least what you could do is rely on marcus smart's defense to be above like like above av- not not above average excuse me great two elite he won defensive player of the year with john wall who was a good defender and majority in part because of his athleticism. Now that you take that away, I his playmaking is going to be hindered because he doesn't have the same drive and kick ability because he won't be able to drive nearly as well as he used to be able to to make the defense collapse. He's already not a great shooter, so then that already takes away anybody closing out on him unless he works on his game and and all of a sudden shows, hey, I evolved like Derrick Rose and adapting my play style to to still be a valuable asset. And yes, his IQ is still there. He's still smart. And I'm going to get to you, Donna. I'm going to get to you, Dono. But at that same time, is he still going to play like he's a... What's his contract, like 100000000 80 $80-something, whatever it was, 2020? Yeah,
2: that, that's what I was going to say. I think that the contract is the bigger issue. And then if he gets injured again, they're screwed because you're paying $47 million to a guy who's not even playing.
0: Exactly. And, and I'm not even worried about the injury. It's the fact that if he still thinks he's going to play like that or, he, or he's still that guy that was paid that money for those reasons I just talked about, for the elite defense, the athleticism, ability, ability to drive, to overcompensate it for his inconsistent shot – and he still thinks he's that, you know, oh, I'm still that John Wall. When he's not, we're going to run into another Russell Westbrook situation, in my estimation. But, know. what do you feel?
1: Um, so I was just going to throw this out there as an option for y'all. What, what about De'Aaron Fox? You know, you never really know what the, what the Kings are up to. So what if Boston tried to make a move for De'Aaron Fox?
0: That would be very interesting. We, this, that, that, I would love that. I okay. would love that
1: because I, I, I would love that move as well. I just feel like Darren Fox would be a, a perfect fit for Boston. Um, he's athletic, he's young, and we, we don't really know what, what the Kings' plans are. They got Davion Mitchell, who's solid, but then they traded Tyrese Halliburton. Uh-huh. So you really don't know what the Kings are up to, so I feel like they can at least try to kick the tires on that and then kind of see. Um, I mean, but I wouldn't mind De'Aaron Fox. I mean, it's,
0: it's, it's probably going to take a lot because of the fact that... Um, they they settled on De'Aaron Fox as their guy, so it would have to be Marcus Smart and probably another core piece to um, to Boston in exchange for Marcus Smart, maybe like a maybe like a pick or something, whatever the case may be. So you may have to give up a decent amount, but hey, they have that depth to do so. They have that depth to do so, and the way that the Boston organization is constructed, especially under the new coach, and and, and with the, the previous legacy of, what was it, Brad Stevens, I believe that was coaching? Yeah. They can make anybody work, the majority of people. They can make the majority of people work in their system. So I wouldn't be opposed to it. I would not be opposed to that. This series may look a lot different if you actually have De'Aaron Fox on the court being the point guard for the team. This would, oh, man, that would be... I would love I, that. I, I, I got
2: a, I got a quick comment I got to make. Um, Donald, you know how I feel about De'Aaron Fox. Tell me what De'Aaron Fox has done in the league since he got in the league. I need one thing that he's done significant.
0: Wasn't he averaging like 18 points a game?
1: I think he was a, a, above 20 this year. He was about like 20, 22, maybe 23 per game and like seven, eight assists. De'Aaron Fox is a very good uh, – let me put it like this. He's on the Kings. Who's who's watching Sacramento Kings basketball? You're not going to get your just doing the Kings. Like, everybody knows Tyrese Halliburton is talented, but he was on the Kings. Then we saw when he got his own chance on the Pacers, he was putting up games with 14, 15 assists. Like, the Kings have talent, but at the same time, the coaching is an issue, their front office is an issue. So, when you're not in the right situation, it's almost like I feel like it's almost like how how Washington is in football. You could bring good players to Washington, but somehow they always never pan out. Because of the front office, like I feel like uh, it's always about the the fit and and where you land. If De'Aaron Fox landed in, in a different place, we could be talking about a completely different player right now. He's no. still Is it more yeah.
0: m- more
2: than more, uh, my, think, my bad. Go ahead. No, well, you're good. I think that there's also that that um, that question of he could also be really bad. We have never seen De'Aaron Fox play playoff basketball. Never. We've never seen him Don't in the do postseason. Don't once do that. Before.
0: Don't do that. Oh, no, 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 me no, me no, that is real. Don't, no, no, no. That is real. Don't do that. Don't do that, experienced mess. We haven't seen in him long in time. playoff basketball. Don't do that, Mitch. And here's why. Don't you had there's no reason to say, oh, we've never seen him in playoff basketball. We've never seen him in a big time moment when he's on a bad team and he's still putting up all star caliber numbers. He had better numbers than Andrew Wiggins. He had better numbers than Andrew Wiggins, and we we weren't questioning Wiggins on whether he was going to be able to show up when he got time for the finals. So what the world? I and and and, and, and I okay, so okay, so so again, so again, you don't don't question Darren Fox's ability to play in a big game moment. The question should be, is he able to consistently deliver when when he's got time to gel and be and make a cohesive team that's a good team. Coupled with again, you say what you want. He is this he is the modern day version of John Wall, like we're talking about. Fast, explosive, has a better shot, great court vision. Isn't as good of a defender, but is a good defender. Can drive to the hole, can kick. Is smart, is athletic. It has high IQ. He's again the the whole reason that Dallas that not Dallas that the Kings are on the map is because of the fact that Darren Fox is making noise. And making an efficient noise, despite having nobody else around him, and getting everybody good around him getting traded away. So if he's on a good roster, if he's on a if he's on a good roster with a legitimate number one and number two option, and all he's got to do is say, "Now that I have even more space to work, the eyes are off of me, and I just need you to do what you do when we call on you to do it." You can't tell me that they wouldn't put Boston in a completely different field. We were you talking about them as one of the best teams in the, in the league, and I mean, not was, as a pseudo good team, but as like the legitimate. Oh, this team now has everything to get to and win the finals. One thing that I've kept saying, they've had it, but they've never been able to adapt and and finish the job with the Aaron Fox. You may not have that problem. They may be able to actually finish the job if you got a player like the Aaron Fox on the team.
2: I just completely disagree because the Aaron Fox won. Listen, listen, listen. Okay, they okay. have you say you say the Heat has not had a good roster. I think that is very false. Listen to me. De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heal, You got Tyrese Halliburton that was on that team. You had DeMontis Sabonis that was on that team. You have Rashawn Holmes that was on that team. You have Harrison Barnes who was on that team, who won a championship with the Warriors. That is more than enough to make the playoffs or the play in. They on. haven't even been in play in discussion. On, like, hold on,
0: all. hold on. Come on, hold on wait, wait, We're time, not gonna time out. When what when 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 did DeMontis Sabonis get on the team? Around the all star break. So 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 didn't have a full year to to, to to get acquainted with a new better big man that would that probably by next season you're gonna see the fruits of that true cohesion with them having all this time to work in the offseason. So again, even with DeMontis Sabonis. The he, go ahead
2: from January to the end of the season we saw a complete flip flop in the Celtics a complete flip flop they were terrible before January right so a month later you get a better player in Sabonis you get you bring in another big man that who's probably the best big man they've had in years since probably DeMarcus Cousins and then they can't they can't get up three spots in the Rankings to make the play-in. Wait, they uh, have not been in the play-in. Are you talking I, about playoffs? The play-in. Are you talking? Like, come about, on, this I, is I, so, John you, Morant has even made it far with less. Are you John Morant about, has had worse teams on the Grizzlies than the Kings have had together. That is like that, that's a fact. That is a fact. And they've made the play-in, beat the Warriors in the play-in, and then they they made the playoffs this year, far in the playoffs. Like what? What are we talking about here?
0: Again, hold on, just just to make sure you clarify, mm-hmm. did you say were you referring to Boston or were you referring to the Kings?
2: I'm referring to, the, to Boston and how they went from like probably the seventh seed to around like – were they even in the playoff? I don't even know if they were in the playoff hunt at like around December and January. They were, But they came from that to being one of the best teams in the East. And the Kings can't go from the 15th spot to the – what, like the ninth spot or 10th spot to
0: make the play-in? That's, that's insane what, to What me. was, was – again, did Boston have relatively the same roster the entire year in terms of having the, the major pieces, the major pieces?
2: When did they get Derek White and all those guys? Wasn't that around the All Star break? When did love?
0: we call Derek White he, a big he, piece?
2: Derek White was a de- definitely a better piece for them. Without no, Derek no, White, they no, would not be no. the team he, 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 they,
0: no, okay, okay, granted. When he got traded, or, was it trade picked up? I forget how we got there, but when he got there, I was high on him. Don't get it twisted. He used to play on the on the Spurs. I love the Spurs. Anybody from the Spurs, especially like like if Lonnie Walker goes on a new team, I'll be excited for him. Athletic decent defender and getting a better shot All this. but again let me not get sidetracked but again in terms of uh, Darren uh, D- uh, D- Fox got a major major piece in terms of demonte Sabonis he you know was an all-star well he's considered one of the elite bigs in the league not compared him to like uh, uh, Jokic or Uh, Anthony Davis or like a Giannis, but in terms of like he's in the upper echelon of big men that that are legitimately skilled and can make a difference. Somebody like that, it takes time to mold them from Marvin Bagley to the market or to, to, to Sabonis. That type of upgrade with that type of position and player takes time to really meld. Okay, let's get an offense clicking to get to your spots because of how you play. That doesn't mean that it can't happen. It's just understood that it takes longer. So all I'm saying is when it comes to judging De'Aaron Fox, if he was on Boston for the entire year, it's fair to assume that his individual play on that type of of team would be incredibly advantageous and put them in an even better spot to win a championship championship. With all the time to gel.
2: Maybe, maybe I got one more point, or maybe two more points actually. But um just I don't know if that's fair to say. Like if, if he cannot like even if you just take Sabonis out, we don't even have to talk about Sabonis, and mm-hmm. he got traded at the all-star break. I still gave you a solid roster: Rashawn Holmes, Buddy Healed, Tyrese Halliburton, Davion Mitchell, Harrison Barnes, that's five guys. You you like you cannot tell me that two years ago, Desmond Bain was nothing. Um, who else was on their team? With Kyle Anderson, Stephen Adams. Like, bro, the Kings roster is better than the Grizzlies roster, and the Grizzlies have made it so much further, so much further, because they have John Morant, because John Morant is that guy. De'Aaron Fox has not even made the play-in. They've never even been in the running for the play-in. That's what I'm saying. Like, you can't just put him but in the Celtics and then automatically they're a winner. He hasn't even shown he's that good on the Kings.
1: But they love jam his position. The the Kings had obvious needs in the, in the front court the last – three to four years and each really, year they, they don't believe him. in him
2: they don't believe in him like that they, they
1: draft then Davion Mitchell then they signed Buddy Hill and people forget they had Bogdanovich before they traded him they were him. They, had, yes. that guard. They, had, they had so many guards out there it was hard, and then they had no front court help. Marvin Bagley, I guess he didn't
2: pan out. Sacramento. He wasn't much. really. He wasn't really getting minutes for them, though. So like, it was mainly it was mainly like Hassan Whiteside and, and somebody else. I mean, mm-hmm. Rashawn Holmes is actually a really good big. He's actually a solid big. Rashawn. He's, Holmes. he's
1: solid, but it's and it's like this isn't the same Harrison Barnes that was solid on Golden State. This is Harrison Barnes, the, the Sacramento Kings version. This is the man that went to the Mavericks, and the Mavericks gave him a big deal. The
2: Mavericks got rid of him within like what the first year. Mm-hmm. Hey, he still so, averages eighteen on the on the Kings. I mean, points, that, like, be, so be, that would be a problem if
1: you didn't average 18 on the Kings. He's getting, he's getting a great majority of the shots. He's on the Kings. If if Harrison Barnes is your is your second, he, he's probably their second, one of their top three scoring options. That's that's an issue, that's a problem. Yes. I
2: think he now before they made that trade for Tyrese and all that, like to get rid of Tyrese, it was honestly Tyrese, it was Tyrese, it was Tyrese Halliburton, and they had Buddy Hill. Who was really good like Buddy Hill was great for them and then he goes to the Pacers and he's hooping like he, did like nothing like he was yeah. on the Kings so it's like I don't know but I can't I can't just say that De'Aaron see, Fox is I'll automatically dropping on the Celtics see, and they win That's see, all the
0: see, 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 yeah. here's here here, here here here's what I have to say here's what I have to say when it comes to the whole De'Aaron Fox situation When it when talking about De'Aaron Fox and going to a better situation, one of the biggest gripes that I've had with the Kings is the culture as a whole. One of the reasons why, you know, we talk about oh they didn't believe in them or they don't excuse me they drafted all these guards and they didn't. I believe Mitch didn't you say that oh they don't believe in De'Aaron Fox or something, something along those lines. Clearly, they don't oh, believe man. in them.
2: Saying is in football, if you already have a quarterback and you start drafting quarterbacks, there's an issue with your quarterback. So if you no no no
0: wait 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 so if you have an established quarterback and you start drafting quarterbacks, that's considered stupid, correct? In in you the world of football,
2: one quarterback like as a backup or something, you want somebody as a like a predecessor. That I'm cool with that, you know. But like if you're drafting multiple guards, like they're bringing in a bunch of guards, like so. I, I, yeah, I, I think it's
0: an issue. But yes. but but. Out of all the guards that they brought in, hasn't he outplayed every single one?
2: Um, no, I don't think Tyrese was actually outplayed. I really don't. I don't think Tyrese Halliburton. He was, was 100%. I think They got rid of him honestly before he could really do much. And it was a he
0: it was a bad day. On the team. It was, it, it, so t- uh, we talking about Tyrese Maxey, correct? Right? Halliburton. No, no,
2: Halliburton. Halliburton. Halliburton.
0: Halliburton. Excuse me. Excuse me. Halliburton. So so so. so
2: they had Diarra Fox. Because De'Aaron Fox is on the ball. Of course, he's going to be on the ball the most. They were trying to run Tyrese at the two.
1: So you have to blame the front office for that because they, they should know the fit of their team. If they know De'Aaron Fox is the point guard and this man could ball. Why would you draft another point guard that needs the ball? That, 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 that's, the that, that that's what we're saying. The issue, the issue was the front office. The front office has to has to help the player and maximize a player's talents. I feel like they aren't doing the best job at maximizing his talent.
0: You you know why they're not? Because Vladdy Devok is in the stinking front office. This is exactly the fact again. The fact that this brother's in the Hall of Fame befuddles me. <laughs> befuddles me. Vladdy Devok is a Hall of Famer. Yes, he is. I know
2: that. I didn't
0: know that either. I, I that. <laughs> That's funny. I That's believe, funny. I believe. in fact, hold on. Somebody check it just to make sure if I'm not wrong. Somebody was talking about consideration, and they were giving consideration above Ben Wallace. And I get, you know, the time that ben people... Ben Wallace? Again, again, and again, mind you, mind you, mind you, the time it takes for people to get on the ballot is different depending on when you retire. Vladi right. retired before... Um, Ben Wallace retired from the league hence his eligibility was sooner now if I remember correctly he's in it if I remember correctly he's in it if somebody has their phone feel free to check please I just don't care
2: that much about Vladi
0: I do I do if you don't mind because right now I'm using if if you you don't mind don't know if you don't mind because my phone is is currently my, my camera again hey click the like leave a link subscribe or not leave a link click the link not click the link, share the link, excuse me, with everybody you know as we take a quick fact check break so that we can make this yeah. um, community better and I can get a camera so that everybody can come in and hear and see
2: Wait, no. my beautiful face. He's in the feet, know, yeah he is, he is, he's in the Hall
0: of Fame. He's in the Hall of Fame, is. I thought so. Doggone it, that's a disgrace to basketball. That's a disgrace to basketball. That's an absolute disgrace to basketball. Talking about some we take everything into account Bump that, bump that, bump that. Your butt averaged nine points in on for your career, and, and you got carried by magic to the playoffs, and Chris and Chris Webber when you were on the Kings. Credit you got robbed when you played against L.A. The refs were against you, heavily, but. Despite that, you yourself are not a Hall of Fame player, yet he's in. I have my gripes on that every day. I go to sleep and wake up in a cold sweat every time I look on, I look and see he's in the Hall of Fame. Every time. Every time. Every time. But let me get off that soapbox. I I can do a whole show on that one point alone. But in terms of my disdain for him as a player and a leader, specifically as a leader when it comes to running an organization. He's one of the main reasons why as great of a, of a quote-unquote, as you would see roster that you would allege that they have, their roster is only going to be able to go somewhere unless they have a, like, when I say elite, elite, I'm talking about top 15, top 10 player, like a Ja Morant. Now, we've never well, – Mm-hmm. Again, again, Demarcus, Demarcus Cousins was at one time that mm-hmm. but again, injuries plagued him, so we never got to see if he could really, with this specific roster, to get 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 that team. Because they, the, the Demarcus Cousins team that they used to have, versus this team now, it's not the same. Demarcus Cousins with this type of lineup, hey, we're looking at a different story maybe, but that's because he was a top fifteen player. We've never called a top top ten, top fifteen player. Hovering around that part, we've never called Aaron Fox a top fifteen, or rather, top ten player. Oh, you can, oh, you, you right. can, you can maybe make an argument that he's top fifteen. Maybe, right. maybe, may, I said maybe. He's top,
1: he's top twenty-five. He's top twenty-five. Top 25, he's top
0: twenty-five. Top twenty-five comfortably. You can potentially okay. make an argument for top fifteen if you really delve down. I mean, really. But because he's not at that level, this type of roster isn't gonna. Go anywhere with him. But you put somebody that's a top 25 player along somebody else that we consider a top 15 player that has just as well of a well-rounded roster in terms of when you look at the names, you see, okay, you got a Rashard Holmes, or, or Rashawn Holmes, you got a Robert Williams, you got a, a Demarcus Sabonis, you got a Al Horford. You have, a, a, and then you have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. There, boom. Now you have everything, the same thing with, with the Kings, in terms of overarching development of talent, coupled with a dominant star, or was supposed to be a dominant star, and a dominant number two. You can't tell me that adding, adding De'Aaron Fox to that roster wouldn't make them oh so much better.
2: I think it can. I'm just saying, I don't think you guys are seeing the negatives that it can also bring. Because Point one... Playoff basketball is different than regular season basketball, as we all know. James Harden and Russell Westbrook are some of the best regular season players I've ever seen. Their issues start, their issues start as soon as game one begins in the playoffs. Like, like, it's, just, it's different. And like it's different when you've never been in that type of situation in the NBA of all places. Like this is the highest level of basketball. Everybody is the most motivated that they've been all year. And like we just haven't seen De'Aaron Fox in that situation. So we haven't even seen we haven't seen him in a serious game. Like, give me a serious game, like a like all or nothing game for De'Aaron Fox since he's been in the NBA. What
0: is Wait a second. By that logic, when LeBron finally got to the playoffs, by that logic, when he got to the playoffs for the first time, you 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 would say, "Oh, he's not." Well, did you say he's not going to perform? What are Wait, because you've there? Possible. you Possible. It is possible. Well, yes. Were, no. Were you saying that the moment was too big for LeBron when he first got to the playoffs? Was that a concern? Lebron and Fox are two completely different people. I was I'm, top not, five no, no, I'm not comparing. I'm not comparing the talent. I'm what comparing the expectations. Would you would, by your, by what you're saying? You're putting. You can apply that to any player who's never been to the playoffs before. That oh, they may get the Bowman may be too big. They may not be able to get to where they need to go. They, mo- they may shrink. They may collapse. And that, and again. That's the case for anybody. You can't use that as just a end-all, be-all of, okay, that's the biggest reason why I don't think he's going to be able to do it. Because you can say that for anybody. You can I'm not say, that's you
2: can that. the biggest reason. I'm, that is definitely one of the reasons, bro. Like, Russell Westbrook and James Harden are the best regular season player. Like, if you see them and you're like, the playoffs are about to start, you're going to think they're going to be fine. But no. Like, it's different in the playoffs, bro. So I'm saying that's not the biggest reason. My biggest reason is because he hasn't made an all-star game. He hasn't been even near the play-in for, like, what, six years? It's been a long time since he's been in the NBA. He hasn't been in the play-in run one time. Not the play-in, not an all-star game, not a rookie of the year. He's done nothing. Literally, on the king, he's done nothing. So I'm saying you can't just drop him on the Celtics and then automatically be like, they will be a better team. Because we don't don't really know that. We don't really know who the the real De'Aaron Fox is. Because, like you said, bad organization. Um, he hasn't really had the full opportunities all the time because they had a lot of guards coming in and out. So we just don't we don't really know what De'Aaron Fox is right now.
0: So you but mean, from what I've seen, he's not that great. So so you mean to tell me at worst, you couldn't feel a Jordan Poole vote that the Warriors had? As just,
2: score,
0: as, I, as, as just a scorer? As just a scorer.
1: He's better than Jordan Poole. He, he's a starter. De'Aaron Fox is a starter.
2: It's different, though, because he's on the Warriors. Like, and Jordan Poole doesn't start. That's a whole different thing. So like, you, you, and he would, Darren Fox would not come off the bench. No, I can tell you that right And he, and, and, like.
0: and you're right. And guess what? There were times when he started. So Jordan Poole got in that position, and everybody was like, oh, I can't wait to see what's going on, even though he's never been to the playoffs. Shoot, he's never, he's, he's never been on a good team for a number of years. Outside of – wait, excuse me. Let, me. let me rephrase that. Did he get drafted by the Warriors, or was he traded to them?
2: No, he, he was drafted, I
0: believe. Okay, so he was drafted. let me let me rephrase it. So he's been on a good organization. Right. Since since he's been in the league. However, even still, we were not sure, and I did not expect this Jordan Poole to show up, even in the regular season, let alone the playoffs. But when he but but we didn't give him any flack on whether he'll be able to produce in his role. That's the key. In his role. We're not talking about De'Aaron Fox leading a team. We're talking about De'Aaron Fox being put in a role in filling the majority of the gaps and blemishes in Marcus Smart's game. That's what he would be asked to do. And if you and, and shoot, let's say you keep them both. Let's say somehow that, uh, uh, Celtics are able to keep Marcus Smart and De'Aaron Fox and they keep Marcus Smart in the starting role. You mean to tell me that the Fox wouldn't be able to come off the bench and lead the second unit at worst, if that was what he was asked to do? At
2: worst, yes, but that's not what he's going to be asked to do. That's my thing. Like, so, playing against second units in the NBA is not against playing. in no, and,
0: and again, again, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Did Jordan Poole not play legitimate minutes against st- the, the the starters, the the majority of, if not the entire starting lineup? Of the Boston Celtics.
2: Was he
1: starting in the playoffs? He started a little bit in the first round when Steph was still hurt.
0: Starting in the first round. No, no, again, no listen, <laughs> listen, listen, listen to what I said. Listen to what I said. I said Jordan Poole got legitimate minutes. Even if he didn't start off the game, similar to Lou Williams. May not start off the game as a starter, but he'll, he'll get – they'll play – a clean 15-20 to 20 with him, Steph, Clay, Dre, and Kaluni and as the starting as the main five against like in the finals, Tatum, Jalen, um, Horford, Robert Williams, and Marcus Smart. He saw legitimate minutes and he came through and thinking, well, well, when, when it, he, again, mind you, he wasn't where he was, shaky, but when he got hot, Boom, he hit big-time shots consistently. So, again, if Jordan Poole can do that, there's no reason to say that De'Aaron Fox, who's had more experience, has more skill sets, and is a better, smarter, and more complete player than Jordan Poole, could not do the same role as a Jordan Poole on a Boston Celtics team against the majority of the NBA.
2: He would not be asked to do the same things that Jordan Poole does for the Warriors on the Celtics. You're right. What would he be asked to do? He would probably – he would be asked to manage JT and JB because we're asking for that pure point guard that can get them in their spots and tell them what shots to take. So he'll be asked to manage the offense. He would be asked to score when when needed, but probably – I don't even really think they need scoring because, I mean, they got JB and JT. You don't really need to score all the time. But, I mean, score when he's open and stuff like that. But I think that's different than Jordan Poole because he was brought up in that Warriors system where it's clearly, you know the hierarchy. It's Steph Curry, it's Clay, then it's Draymond, and then it's Jordan Poole or whoever else can step up. Mm-hmm. For the Celtics, you're, like, we were literally just questioning how we don't know if Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum is the better player. And then you're going to bring De'Aaron Fox in that mix. We don't really know who he is. What if he even comes on the team and he winds up being better than one of them? Then It's a whole, like, it's, it's different. Like, you don't really know... They don't know the hierarchy coming into the team, so you'd have to establish that first, and then he'd have to manage those personalities, which he's never had to do before. So I'm saying I can't automatically give the confidence in saying that he can do all of those things because we've never seen him do it before. That's all I'm saying. Not saying he can't do it, but it's it's definitely different when you're on like a winning organization and you have to manage personalities and things like that. When On the Kings, he was just given the keys, honestly, from day one. He's not going to be given the keys for the Celtics.
0: So so, let me make sure I got this right. Just just to make he, sure, not have the key for the me, You're right. You're right. You're right. So so, let me make sure I got this correct. To make sure I get your stance, because I don't want right. to sway your words. Darren Fox on the Celtics mm-hmm. would doesn't would not have the keys. Correct. No, Understand, okay. No. Would, would not have the keys. So because of that, he'll be playing in the role of secondary option. Having I'm that right having, having that role. And being asked to do less while still being just as effective may be something that may get to Darren Fox when it comes time for playoffs. And, and like you say, even though we, granted, we know who's the better player, Jason Tatum is the better player, but he isn't playing like it. So, because right. of that, and and because, so, 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 let me just make sure I got this right. Because of his inconsistency and, and his, 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 his his tendency to play down in big, play down to his ability in big moments, and play at the level of a Jason, a uh, J- uh, Jalen Brown, and potentially a Darren Fox when he gets if he got on the team, that would make it so that because you don't have a true hierarchy, Darren Fox may get, um, I guess, confused and potentially overwhelmed as to what I need to do, and potentially may do more that hurts the team or do less than he's actually supposed to do. And, and because of that erratic um, position of, you don't know what's what in the organization, that may be a bad spot for him. Is that what you're saying?
2: That is exactly what I'm saying. Okay. Okay. Like, even if you bring in like a Lonzo ball, he knows his role. He's not going to be one of the main offensive guys. Mm. He's going to shoot when open and he's going to play defense and organize the, the, um, the offense. Uh. He knows, and he's been doing that with, with really good players, like with LeBron James, with Brandon Ingram. Like he's done that before, mm-hmm. like we've seen him in that spot, but like De'Aaron Fox, even like you say, if the Kings organization is that bad and we haven't even seen the real De'Aaron Fox, I don't want to put him in a box in the Celtics where he has to only do two things. Cause he may be better at, he may be better than one of them at scoring or whatever, like like i want him to be in a situation where he can actually be free to do or be who he is instead of just putting him in a box where like he's only going to be able to facilitate he's the third option when honestly he could be a second option like you know you just never know honestly
0: yeah i feel you i feel you i don't agree but i feel you i don't agree at all i think you just i think you're just giving him you you are putting uh 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 you're using i feel that the concern is being Overly insinuated only because he hasn't had put him put in the position. If he gets put in the position, I believe he will deliver. I have no doubt he will deliver. Because you can't you can't tell me that if he you hate Russell Westbrook. If he was if he was on the Lakers during their instance of trying to get to the playoffs and they got there, you can't tell me he wouldn't be playing better than Russell Westbrook and wouldn't they have a more consistent delivery when it comes to for playoffs, based on what you said about Russell Westbrook.
2: My issue with Russell Westbrook is, I don't think he understands how bad he is in times. I think that even when he was on the Thunder, I think at times he thought he was better than Kevin Durant, being honest. I think at times he seriously thought he was a better player than Kevin Durant. And I think that's why KD eventually had to leave. So it's like, I think Russell Westbrook, he doesn't really know that he's like a third option, Honestly, because he doesn't play like a third option, but like I think Darren Fox would definitely be better as a third option. Yes, but because Russell Westbrook, he doesn't really know again with the hierarchy. No, I don't no, think that he and, understands uh, that he's not a part of that big two, big three. I don't even think it's a big three. Again, I think it's a
0: big two in Russell Westbrook. Phenomenal points are noted. Answer the question: If, if Russell Westbrook, if, if you had Darren Fox and Russell Westbrook in the playoffs, yeah, you would expect yeah. Darren Fox to perform at a higher level. Yes, then yes. I rest. Then I rest my case that he would be able to perform on Boston. I rest my case if he can help, If can he, he can do better be than perform,
2: because
0: they didn't even make the playoffs. If you believe that De'Aaron Fox can play at a more consistent clip than Russell Westbrook when it comes time for playoff basketball, then that should mean that there are there is no doubt in your mind. That should mean that there's no doubt in your mind at De'Aaron Fox's ability to to, to produce. That should mean. Because Westbrook's been in playoff situations before multiple times, and we're still having these same questions. And if you're able to say that he can perform, that he that you're more likely to say that De'Aaron Fox will be able to consistently perform against a Westbrook that, despite what you want to say about his athleticism and play, has the experience, then that should mean that De'Aaron Fox should be able to have the benefit of the doubt that he, when it comes time for his first time in the playoffs, he won't fold.
2: But because of how little I think of Russell Westbrook, I don't think that's very insane.
0: It does, how little is irrelevant? The, the point still stands. The bud has been to the playoffs. He's been to the finals. He's been so to the Russell, finals. Russell, 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 yeah. Russell, Westbrook, Russell Westbrook has has finals experience. He's had finals. That was 10 years ago. It this version it, of Russell it, Westbrook. It does, it does not, not matter. It. it does not matter. I don't care when he had it. That means that if he's gotten there, he knows the pressure. More than anybody else. And he knows what it takes and what you need to do to be able to live up to that. Cause regardless of whether you live up to live up to it or not, once you experience once you experience finals pressure, you know truly and wholeheartedly whether you live up to your expectation or not. Okay, this is what it's gonna take for me to actually get to the mountaintop. At worst, even if you don't play to it, you know it. And then you know if you played at that level or not. Because there is no question once you get to the finals of whether you're ready or not. Because when you're there, it's unequivocal that you know, okay, now I got to play my best, period. Regardless of what happens, regardless of what outliers, I got to play my best. And that pressure is at its highest. So you know at minimum what to expect and what you need to do when you get there and what it takes to get to a championship because you're on the cusp. So if he's gotten there and it's still... Has people like you and at this point like me saying that De'Aaron Fox would play better in the playoffs than him, then that should be that should end the argument that De'Aaron Fox should have any qualms about his ability to produce. And when it comes to time for his first playoff appearance, I agree with
2: that with this version of Westbrook, not the fu- not the one that was in the finals. That version of Russell Westbrook, he I don't think he would be better than Russell Westbrook in the finals. No, that version, no. I don't believe that. This version, and they didn't even make the playoffs. So I'm like, yes, De'Aaron Fox could make them make the playoffs. But that doesn't mean that his play in the playoffs would be better than Russell Westbrook. I haven't seen Russell Westbrook in the playoffs on the Lakers.
0: Understandable. My point is that even though he hasn't been to the playoffs recently. Right. It's still valid that because of his playoff experience, he should be playing better. And since... Specifically when 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 it's time for the playoffs. And what were his numbers in Houston when he got to the playoffs in Houston? Twenty-seven seven, I believe. On I believe very inefficient.
2: Oh, it's extremely inefficient. It was, it, yes. it, it, it was
0: horrible. Horrible. It was really bad,
2: yes. But I think if you if you put De'Aaron Fox on any of those teams that Russell Westbrook was on, I honestly think that they do the same, if not worse.
0: So at minimum, he'll produce at the same clip as Russell Westbrook.
2: At minimum, maybe. So That's why I said if not worse. Like, he might be worse. So At maximum, I think he'd do the same. Yes, at maximum, not minimum. At maximum, he'd probably be the same as Russell Westbrook. Maximum, he'd
0: be the same as Russell no. Westbrook, but, but more efficient. Scoreless yes, score yes. and more efficient. Right. But
2: I, the, I, still then, think the, I still think the Lakers won that series. I still think the Heat won no, the series. You're right, you you're, don't, right,
0: don't, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. But his individual production would be scoring less but more efficient
2: right 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 but i don't know if that would equal a finals win i'm not saying i'm not
0: saying it would equal a finals win i'm strict i'm strictly talking about his ability to do what he is supposed to do that should tell you that he will be able to do what he's supposed to do that should it can't it can't leave questions Okay, maybe okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just don't want to say. It's fine. It's fine. No, it's okay. It's all right. It's fine. You have your opinions. Understand. It's
2: okay. We, we have to talk about the Air Foxy models. We don't. We
0: don't. We, we don't. It's all good. I don't agree. I don't agree. And I don't agree. <laughs> but it's fine. It's a okay. Now let's get to the other side of the coin. Instead of talking about Jason Tatum and the Celtics and who they need, let's talk about the Bo- uh, not Boston, Golden State Warriors. And specifically, Steph's legacy. What is his the now that he got finals MVP, now that he's gotten his fourth championship, what are we are we able to say that he is sniffing the top ten in terms of all time greats in the NBA? Dono, you go first.
1: Um so to me before this series he was already top ten. Um just with the ring now, he's he's pushing that that top five conversation. He's gotta be in that top sevener. But top 10, I feel like he was already there. Um, I feel like he's pushing that top five conversation now. And honestly, at this point, it's kind of down to who you prefer at that point guard position in your your all-time top five lineup. It's between him and Magic Johnson. Um, They both changed the game in so many ways. And I feel like to truly be defined as one of the greats to ever play basketball, you have to be something the game has never seen before. Um, The game never seen anything like Michael Jordan. Uh, The game never seen anything like Magic. And you've never seen anything like Steph. Like, you got a lot of players now, and even, like, just speaking from personal experience, like, I coached a youth basketball team, and I would have kids, like, come up and just pull up for three on fast breaks. Like, that's unheard of. That's Steph Curry. Like, there would be no Trey Young without Steph Curry. So with his impact on the game, just the way he revolutionized it and just the way people kind of try to, like, mimic his style to be able to handle the ball but still be able to shoot from anywhere on the basketball court, it's it's insane. This man is... He's without a doubt, a, a, he's right now for me, he's in that top seven conversation ever, players ever. He's he's top seven. He was already top ten. He's he's top seven.
0: Okay. All right. Mitch, your thoughts on this whole top ten debate? I agree.
2: I believe that um, for me, when I do a top anything rating, like ranking, when I do like a top five. I have to show respect to each position. So whether you put Michael Jordan over top of Magic Johnson, none of that matters to me. As long as you have a point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, and a center, and you're starting in your five. So if Steph, even like 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 Donald said, it's between Magic and Steph. So even if you have Magic before him, when I make my my bench lineup with my second he's, five, he's the sixth. He's, he's the sixth. That's what I'm being so serious. Like, I'm being so serious. Like, if I have to make a, a second lineup, <laughs> Steph will be the lineup, which means he's top ten. So yes, he's top ten. Absolutely, I don't think that you can be second best in your position and then be top five. That like that's disrespecting. Him. <laughs> you can't have Kobe and Jordan in the t- in the top five for me.
1: I, I agree with that. Gosh. I agree, with that. and I feel like it's kind of tougher. Um, not to sidetrack to put to like kind of have I, like your point, um, and just speaking back to my point of how you have to be something I've never seen. We've seen Kobe before. His name was Michael Jordan. His name is Michael Jordan.
2: Thank you. Right. So back.
1: don't back. don't get me wrong. He's one of the
2: all time greats. Yes. He's wow. in the top ten for me because he's the second best shooting guard I've ever seen in my life. So yeah, I think that he's also top ten, but yeah, it's it's for me it's two separate fives. So if you're second best, you're gonna be in that second part of the five. So yeah.
0: I don't agree with that with, with that type of gauging exactly. players. Because okay. for me, it's it's plain and simple. I don't care what position you are. Are you the best, one of the best I've ever seen? Regardless of what. I don't care if you're a center. It, it, it doesn't matter. And I don't think that Steph has reached that top 10 level. And here's why. It's not because of his revolutionary thing. It's not because, I'm not discrediting his, his, is like, like, like barrages and changing the game and all that stuff. The handle, the offense. I get it. One of the most iconic players of this era. Cool, understandable. That still does not, in my estimation, put him in the top 10 because of the fact that you have to be, if you're going to be top 10 player of all time, you have to be able to say, out of everything you do, regardless of your size, is there legitimate qualms that I can hold against you that I that aren't that are substantial rather than just, you know, you just wasn't as good as this. And that's his defense. It's hard for me to put Steph. Not, yeah, no, yes, Steph. So hard for me to put Steph in the top ten because of the fact that his, when I say inability, he is not an abysmal defender. No, he's not. But he is a bad defender.
2: Yes, in general, yes. He is he a bad puts defender. A lot of effort on that side. I'm not gonna act like he does not try. He he tries his tail off. He's just short. It's,
0: no, you know, <laughs> We we've seen short players be good. Isaiah Thomas. Gary Isaiah Thomas, stop it! Isaiah Thomas, he's one of the greatest defensive point guards in history. He was the leader of one of the greatest defensive teams. at six foot three, so it's it's, it's give and take though
2: because he doesn't have Steph Curry's offense. Yeah,
0: but he averaged twenty four, and behind Magic, it was considered he was the second best point guard to ever play the game. So, do you think Isaiah Thomas is better than Steph Curry? No, I don't. So what are you talking no, no, about? Here? No, 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 but listen, but listen, but listen. I get I, Just because I think Isaiah Thomas isn't as good as Steph Curry doesn't mean that the argument still isn't valid that against him, against the top ten. Because ev- when you get to the top ten, both sides of the ball are incredibly elite, incredibly elite, incredibly elite. In fact, let's go to the list right there. I'll just name ten players, and you tell me if you would take him off. I'll just name ten. I'll just name ten. I'll just name ten. We can do this right now. In fact, yeah, no, it's time. It's time. It's time. This is it. this is, this is where the controversy starts. We'll go ahead right now. Michael Jordan, is he better than him? No. Nope. LeBron? No. Kobe. No. Shaq. No. Hakeem. Hakeem is great.
1: Uh, Hakeem, um,
0: Hakeem. Hakeem Elijah won. No, 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 top, no. No, Top top ten on blocks. No, not top ten. Leader in blocks, top ten in steals. At his great, peak, de- great. Yes. great, no, not not. Don't say great. Don't say great when you're talking about him. Fine. all time defensive player.
2: Yes, Hakeem Olajuwon. Yes.
0: So so, yes. so, 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 is he better than Steph Curry?
2: I don't know. Let's revisit that one. Okay. I, okay. I want to oh. hear the rest. I want to okay. hear the rest right. of you.
0: Okay, fine. Will Chamberlain. Uh,
2: I don't know if I can say he's better than Nah.
0: nah. Yeah, yeah, no. Mind you, Will oh. also led the league in assists. I'm going to say no. Say okay, no. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Good gosh. I'm so glad. If you had said yes, I would have ended it right here. I no, I'm saying it- I
2: don't think Steph Curry is better than Will Chamberlain, no.
0: Thank you. Thank I, mean, you. Thank I don't th-
2: think Will Chamberlain is better than Steph. I said that wrong. I said that wrong. Wait, ho, I what? Don't think, I don't think Will Chamberlain is better than Steph
0: Don't Curry. know, you, do you agree with this? I
1: don't. Will Chamberlain better than Steph?
2: He's not even better than Bill Russell,
0: bro. Oh, my God. This no uh 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 nope 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 no no nope uh uh Dunno no no Dunno say whatever you gotta say say whatever you got to say whatever you got to say say whatever you got to say before
1: I want I want you to go because I know you're ready
0: you're ready I will finish the list I'm gonna get back to you I'm gonna get back to you because I want
1: I want you to say what you gotta say I want to hear what
0: you got to because I'm gonna finish the list we go we're going through. And I'm gonna address the Will Chamberlain
2: thing.
0: Okay. Let's see. Kareem I do bar. Oh
2: no, he's not better than Kareem.
0: Not no. better than Kareem I do Jabbar. Okay, cool. Then we get to Magic Johnson.
2: No, he's not better than Magic. I don't think so.
0: Not better not better than Magic. Larry Bird.
2: Not better than Larry Bird, no.
0: Larry hey, Bird. How many is that? That's that that's what one, two, three, four, five, six. See. That'd be like eight, nine. That, 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 that's 8-9. Did we say Kobe? In fact, Kobe. Oh, wait, no, actually, no. Let me, let me, let me, let me, not. No, 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 let me not, no, no, let me, no, let, let me not treat myself. I got a list. I got my list right here. I got my list right here. Okay. Uh, Michael, LeBron, Wilt, Kareem, Magic, Kobe, Akeem, Larry, Shaq, Tim Duncan. Okay. Uh, uh, and yeah. the last one's Tim Duncan. Because everybody right. else that you said is no. Oh, no, no. Tim
2: Duncan
1: is definitely be better than Steph Curry. Outside so, it's so, hard to argue that list. It's hard to argue so, that so, list. So, the,
0: the, the only player that we've said, that anybody on this panel has said is better than, is, is not better than Steph Curry, is Wilk Chamberlain. Right. And Wilk Chamberlain is a guy that, again, led the league in scoring, led the league in assist, was, is, Arguably the greatest rebounder in history. Is arguably the greatest defensive player in history. Is also arguably the best athlete in NBA history. As well as is arguably the best scorer in NBA history. And can make an argument for the best big man. Ticks the box on every single aspect of his game. They banned dunking from the free throw line because of him. You understand that? Him and Kareem made it so that you can't stand in the paint.
2: Right. They, but they, my, they, my thing with Will Chamberlain is the era that he played in. One, he got dominated by Bill Russell. Bill Russell used to cook him for fun. Literally. Like what, he was Will Chamberlain and Bill Russell were probably the only two bigs that could rival each other. And Bill Russell got the best of him more than half of the times they played against yeah, each
0: other. They were the two dominant and best players in the yes. league. Un- and Bill Russell has
2: 11 championships on to cha- one or two.
0: And and that's because Wilt ran into a situation that LeBron ran into for the majority of his career which is which was well, I'm the best player. Mm-hmm. Right. Understand this. Wilt Chamberlain didn't win MVP when he averaged 50 and 25. That season when he averaged 50 and 20, the same season he scored 100 points a game. Right. He did not win MVP, but he averaged 50 and 25. Bill Russell's numbers were like either 18 and 20 or 20 and 20. So, right. Again, inexcusable. So as a player, every night individually, Wilt outplayed Bill at every turn. It was, you know what? What Wilt, Wilt was held by Bill Russell on average when they played against each other in the finals, or match up to thirty six points.
2: Right.
0: So, and even with him being held to thirty six, still outplayed Bill at every other uh, statistic. Both the eye test and the stats show that he was dominating Will Chamberlain as an individual player. Bill Russell, say what you want again, I'm not, ta- when I say this, I'm not ta- taking discrediting him as a leader. It still takes a leader to lead a championship. That's unequivocal. I understand that. I get that. It takes a special man to get everybody to work like you need them to work. And Bill was one of them. Wilt to a very lesser extent, but Bill was was one of them. But Wilt, not Wilt, Bill Russell, on average, had three to five All Stars in that time frame. The NBA was was not as big, and there weren't as many teams. So because of that, the consolidation of talent around the league was very condensed, and was it was common to be very condensed to one or two players. John Havlicek, Bob Cousy. Uh, uh, Dennis Johnson, all at one point in time played with Bill Russell for a number of years. The majority of the All Stars from that time were from the Boston Celtics. Every All Star that was, no, every Hall of Famer, almost every starter became a Hall of Famer, because they were in Boston, and because they were, one, they were, most of them were the best players in the league. So if Wilt had that same level of help, mind you, when he got to L.A. and he went to play with Jerry West, this is a And do- Elgin Baylor. And-
2: and no, Elgin no, no, don't Baylor. do that.
0: Elgin Baylor retired. Elgin Baylor never got a chip because he retired right before. And before then, he was already injured. Bad back. Everything was wrong about him. So he wasn't, he was the, the, El- the high-flying Elgin Baylor was gone. Gone. He had actually went into management and coaching afterwards. They won the year after he retired. And he never got his, he never got a championship. So Elgin Baylor was old, out the pasture, like Shaquille was when he got to um, uh, 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 uh in, like Boston. When Shaquille got to Boston, that was Elgin Baylor when Wilt got to the team. Already getting ready to go. So Jerry went, but even still, had Gil Goodrich, had a good core around him, and what happened as with another dominant star in his prime, he got two chips. So and he beat, I believe he beat Russell, finally. When, when, so, so when it was an even match playing field, Wilt's contributions resulted in the championship. We know, and you know, don't know you too, you know this as well. One player can be great, but it takes a team to win it all, no matter how great you are. And Will Chamberlain was a player that would ask, he was asked to do what he said himself. He, he would did whatever he was asked to do. If he was asked to score 50 or however many, he did that. And when he was asked to pass, when he got to L.A., he did that, which is why he led the league in the assist. Averaging 18 and 10. So he's shown he's adaptable. He's coachable. On top of that, as an individual player in his prime, had a deep bag in the post. you understand that? He, but even with that, it gets overshadowed by his strength, which in, in reality, his strength, even his finesse play was so strong and just moved people out the way. The people just attributed to oh yeah, He just muscles people. Even though he had a fadeaway like Dirk, Dirk had a hook shot, could shoot consistently from 15 feet out, had a turnaround, had a drop step, had a up and under, and could pass out the post, and he played for the Harden Globetrotters, so he was light on his feet. So all of that, you can't tell me that Steph is at that level. You can't. If you can make an argument. If you can't, make an argument. My argument
2: is, and I've already said this, you can probably clip this because this is going to be a hot take. Actually, play the little sound because I, I need the sound for this. one. This is going to be a hot take.
0: So Here we go. All right. Let's see what you got.
2: Put Will Chamberlain in this era. He is Clint Capella.
0: Ah, 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 ah. You're kidding. Girl Girl kidding. No, 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 Girl no. I'm no, no, no. No, no, no. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do Russian. that. Put him
2: in the era with Tim Duncan, with Shaq, with Hakeem. That boy would get, he would not be averaging no 50 and 25. That is a fact. Yes. Heard what I said. 50
0: and 25, no. But a okay. clean, no, no. He wouldn't be averaging, he wouldn't be averaging 50 and 25. Because there's better talent now. He will be averaging 28, 14, and 5. He sounds
2: like Joel Embiid to me then. And is Joel B better uh, than Steph? Excuse, excuse, Hell
0: no. excuse, me, excuse, me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that, because apparently I don't think you heard. Joel Embiid just now won the scoring title, correct? 30 points? Right. right. That, 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 that was his best year, correct? And, and and you say he plays bully ball, correct? Who, Joel and B? Yes. Not enough. No, no we, we know. Enough. We call him... The most dominant big man in the game today, outside of Giannis, uh, majority of people, during the season, during the MVP, during the MVP, con- maybe not you, but during the MVP conversation, when it was getting talked about that that he should deserve it, people were calling him the most, the, he was, he's the most dominant big man and the most dominant center in the league today. Outside of Giannis as a big man, he's the most dominant Player, missing one
2: man. You're missing one. You're not even mentioning his name. It's making me upset. Who? He's better than be.
0: Jokic, yes. No, no. Again, no. Jokic is a better player. I'm talking about again when I say dominance. I'm talking about sheer, like
2: force. Such,
0: similar that we, yeah, yeah force force similar to how we talk about Shaq. Right. Because that's how they were talking about okay. Joel Embiid. That's how they were talking about Joel Embiid. Not saying that he's at that level, but in terms of just. That you just can't do anything with him when he does when he wants to do something, and more often than not, it was in reference to his power. That's why they talk about dominance more so than not. Now, my definition of dominance is a little bit different, but hey, regardless of which, he was talked about in that conversation. But Jokic was a better player, so you can't yeah. tell you can't tell me that if Dwelnybe's doing that to let's face reality. The majority of the NBA, which is small ball, and their big men have no elasticity. Most of them jump and foul. Most of them can't even defend like they want to because of the rules predicated to the offense. That Wilk Chamberlain would not be able to put up easily the same numbers that Joel be would in today's game. When asked, to do me, not, when, when asked to do nothing else but stay in the post.
2: Let me rephrase. I don't mean, when I say today's game, I don't mean literally today. That's not what I mean. I mean like the era of the big man. If Will Chamberlain played in the era of the big man, he would not be you no know, fifty and twenty-five. He would not be this this huge dude. Like he would be a good player, absolutely. But I don't think that he's he would not be a top ten player if he played in an era with Tim Duncan and Shaq and all these other big men. Say I what? do not believe no, he would be a top say, ten. Say 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 what? Say say what? Uh, wait, hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Say what? All right, so my reasoning for why Will Chamberlain would not really be that good against the prime of the big man is just because of sheer more competition, honestly. Because in that time, it was literally as big man, it was literally just Will Chamberlain and Bill Russell. There were no really other huge names as centers back then. But we talk about Hakeem Olajuwon. We talk about Tim Duncan. We talk about Shaquille O'Neal. If you drop any of those three guys in that same era that, that Will Chamberlain was in, they would do probably about the same thing, if not more. Shaq, Shaq would be ridiculous in that era. Oh, my gosh. No. Shaq would be Will Chamberlain. No, Literally. No, that, they would talk about him as if he was – like. so I'm like, in that same era, like, you can drop 50 and 25 against like other guys that aren't Bill Russell in that time. But, like, if you're going up against
0: other big men that can also drop 50 and 25, you're not dropping 50 and 25. Okay, hold on. Wait, time out. We we established that Bill Russell is a better defensive player than the majority of bigs today, regardless of what you want to say about his offensive ability. We've established that he's one of the greatest defensive big men that that would give any big, regardless of what era, trouble. Trouble. So if he's able to pull up, on average, 36 on him. What? But Bill
2: Russell, Will Chamberlain's like seven one seven two. Bill Russell was 6 9. Okay. We're, we're, okay. we're going to put right. that in okay. his perspective okay. too.
0: I'll give you one even better. An old Will Chamberlain went up against a prime Kareem abdul Jabbar when Kareem abdul Jabbar won championships. He went toe to toe. In fact, he dropped 36 and 42 in the finals, in the playoffs against him, in the very biggest moments that we talk about that we need to see a player produce. Our old over the hill Will was dropping 42, 32, 12, uh, 20 and 20. On Bill, he's the he was the only guy that consistently blocked Kareem Abdul Jabbar's shot yeah, and gave him and and, 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 yeah. and and that that was old Wilt Chamberlain, who they were still talking about as arguably the best big man in the league outside of Kareem Abdul Jabbar, who again was in his prime. Right. So if he's able to do that at a advanced stage against a prime Kareem with Oscar Robinson by his side. What makes you think that he wouldn't be able to in his prime dominate when he was a he was a he could have been an Olympian in track? High jump, long jump, averaged 48.5 minutes in a season when there's only 48 minutes in the game. Never sat down. Incredible stamina. The game on average was faster paced if you look at pace of play numbers. So he was running up and down the court even more. And if you want to talk about having to load as the one sole option on a team, he showed clearly that he can manage that and, and 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 flourish. So what makes you think that somebody like a Jokic, who that's not diminishing his skill, but somebody like a Jokic, somebody like a P.J. Tucker, somebody like a, De- a, 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 a Draymond Green, in, in, in both today's era – on top of, we can go back to the nineties if you want to go with uh, uh, Patrick Patrick Ewing. Nineties, nineties,
2: nineties to like early two thousands is probably the era, the best era, of big men.
0: Well, well, I would say more eighties and nineties, eighties and nineties, eighties and nineties. Because eighties and nineties, then you got again, Freeman is prime. Uh, Tim Duncan, uh, when he came into the league, that he and he, well, he is prime kind of the two thousands, but he's still part of that. David Robinson as well. Ralph Sampson yeah. At, at, yeah. before before the injuries. Uh, so there was a better pull the majority of uh, prime big man talent came between the eighties and nineties. That's when when that's when most of them were in their prime, just about. So
2: to me oh no, you're gonna still make no, it. Go ahead, ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go okay. ahead. So to me, like if Will Chamberlain is only really going up against Bill Russell and then a prime Kareem Abdul Jabbar at one point, that's like two Hall of Famers right there. You just named like five. So I'm like, if you're really good in that era, like you're a Hakeem Olajuwon playing against David Robinson and all these other guys, I'm going to put you ahead of Will Chamberlain just because Will Chamberlain only really played against like two of those guys.
0: Wait, hold on. Wait, so so the benchmarks that I'm using for his ability to play are two of the greatest big men in NBA history that, again, he faced multiple times because of the way it went. went. Yeah, yeah, Bill and Kareem. It wasn't like it was – again, you got to understand – also, with condensed teams, they consistently played against that same talent. And consistently, he was putting up those same numbers. Against Kareem, it was the same thing. Right. So, if he's a, so against the best of the best. Against what we arguably call the best center. Two, be two of the best, though. No,
2: two no. Kareem's not even in the top 15. Yeah, but
0: we call Kareem top two or top three. Whatever you want to put him. He's top five blatantly. And... Many argue not the best big man the NBA has ever seen. Many, many argue he's the best big man the NBA has ever ever seen. And I'm comparing, I'm using that as the main benchmark because he faced him multiple times, multiple, not just like two or three, like seven, ten. And he put up those types of numbers against him. So that's a valid point to say if he's able to do this against, the best big man, arguably the best big man we've ever seen in his prime. Okay. That means that anybody else that doesn't reach that moniker, it's going to be one tough time for them to be able to mitigate anything that he's able to do. If he's putting up these numbers consistently against, again, the best of the best. Because you can say there's a wider pool of talent. Cool. If I We'll put this in boxing terms. If I'm Muhammad Ali... And i fought Joe Frazier three times, and I beat him twice. And Joe Frazier's one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. And you want, and then you compare and say Ali wouldn't be able to do the same thing against bigger big men in the modern-day boxing because of the size or whatever, and there's a bigger pool of bigger people. When Joe Frazier, in going through the only, quote-unquote, big person that he lost to, was in his prime was George Foreman and Ali and every other quote unquote big man that he faced that was of similar height, he knocked out. That, 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 that's not a discredit to the, 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 the era that we're comparing him to in terms of the, the newer era. But that is a testament to say that if y'all aren't even reaching the best of the best that he faced they are comparable to your own size and abilities. What makes you think that when you, when I compare the guy that fought them to you all that you're going to be able to as well have that same impact when your skill set even, isn't even as equipped as it? When the majority of big men that Wilt, that Wilt faced in comparing to the best of the best were the best of the best all time and had it on both sides of the floor and never wavered. We've seen Clint Capella falter and get bullied we've seen many big men we see so many big men come and go the bet one, one of the most quote-unquote consistent big men that we have is DeMontis Sabonis once he hit his stride and you think he's doing anything against him you think Hassan Whiteside that's you, you, why I'm like no no
2: no, not this area because this area of big men is kind of soft I'm not even gonna lie to you there's not even that many kind of big okay
0: men. so outside of Shaq outside of Shaq and David Robinson and it came And it came We'll put it came In that area as well
2: And um Tim Duncan You missed a huge one In Tim Duncan
0: Okay Tim Duncan I Will Chamberlain Would dominate Tim Duncan Even though Tim Duncan Was one of the greatest Defensive players ever
2: I I can't agree with that Yeah I, I can But we don't know yeah, We don't y- know yeah,
0: Yes you do Because he played Another Tim Duncan In, 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 in Bill Russell 6'10 don't Incredible, don't tim- incredible tim- timing Seven foot Again Tim Duncan With has a one. better skill set no, than no. Bill Russell ever had. Who?
2: Tim Duncan has a better skill set than Bill Russell.
0: Yes. But right. defensively, offensively, yes. Defensively, they're comparable.
2: Yes, defensively, yes. They are definitely so in,
0: comparable. So in stopping Wilk Chamberlain, Tim Duncan's not going to be able to do that. And offensively, and and, and offensively, Wilk Chamberlain as well was view that as the best player in that era in part because he was one of the best defensive players of that era in spite of Bill Russell being in the same era so well, Bill Russell's not as
2: good of a, as an offensive talent as Bill Chamberlain ever was again it's not, so, I mean honestly but what did you say Bill Russell averaged like 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he
0: was either 18, 15, something like that. He might have even averaged 22 for his career, something 18, like that. in that
2: era is abysmal. That is terrible. I can't, I can't risk, like, like, offensively, like, he doesn't really have somebody going at him the way Wilt R- R- was going at Bill Russell. Wilt R- didn't really have somebody that was really going at him, like, other than Kareem. Other than Kareem. Like, Kareem was probably the only other guy that rivaled his offense. But I'm saying Shaq would rival his offense. Tim Duncan would rival his offense. And then whoever else we were talking about Shaq, uh, the, Robinson, the, Bronson, look, His offense because he has a uh, um, uh, Scoring
0: championship The one thing that Shaq had on Wilt Chamberlain The one thing that you want to say The one thing that people say Shaq has on Wilt Chamberlain Would be quote unquote size 300 to 275 yes, well, yes, Hold on, Wilt was 275 And over the hill Retired Wilt Was I believe bench pressing 500 Shaq's biggest bench press has been 460, 470 on top of that, Wilt never had the work ethic problem that Shaq had. Wilt was also a better passer. Wilt also had more footwork. Wilt also is considered the strongest player in NBA history. If you want to say he's, he's Sha- Shaq is stronger, it ain't no stinking blowout. If you want to say they're comparable, then they're comparable. So the one thing that Shaq has in terms of power play, he wouldn't be able to do, and he ain't even taller than Wilt. So everything physically that would give Shaq an advantage over anybody else, it doesn't work. Wilt's just as tall. Wilt's faster. Wilt's stronger. Wilt jumps higher. He's a better rebounder. On top of that, he's better at not getting baited into fouls. He would be able to legitimately guard Shaq without having to hack him. And he's more conditioned, so Shaq would run out of gas way sooner than, than Wilt would. Because Wilt took punishment on a daily basis and wasn't getting calls for it. He just played through it. From who? Who is he taking this punishment? He with? Wilt lifted a 265-pound, six, six small forward with one arm. All because he was annoyed. That didn't answer my question. Who was he getting bullied by? Who? You said Wilt. Exactly. Wilt never got bullied. Even against people that you would consider bullies.
2: You said that people were going at Wilt.
0: People, yes, people went at will. It's, it's,
2: Nobody was really going at will offensively.
0: No, see, 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 seen, see, see, after see, after see, after. see, 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 see. You're mixing up talent with aggression. The same aggression that Shaq had, regardless of who he played, because, again, he was the best big man in the league when he played, and there wasn't anybody talent-wise outside of, maybe outside of Tim and the King. Nobody else talent-wise was competing with Shaq. It just wasn't. Even still, the man was getting hacked the, the kingdom come by, by everybody. Wilt had that same level of aggression against him in the entire league, yet was more durable, didn't get winded, didn't lose himself, like we saw Shaq at times, and never had a time when it was, you know, In some situations, we've seen we there's been less situations where Shaq has faltered in his individual play because of the way defense was played on him than we've seen with Wilt. It's just a fact. It's just it's just it's just just a fact. So when it comes to Wilt's ability to play against a player like Shaquille O'Neal, whose main antithesis for his ability to be successful is his strength and athleticism. When somebody outclasses him and all of that, coupled with better discipline and better fundamental play, what the word are you going to say? Other than okay. there's nothing that Shaq would be able to do that Wilt wouldn't be able to counteract and or do on his own volition on the offensive end, in my estimation. you
2: are going to have to agree to disagree. But I'm not even, Shaq's not even really my main guy, honestly. I think Hakeem and Tim Duncan would give Will Chamberlain issues.
0: Those, really two, those two would be the biggest. Those two,
2: I believe. Two would be I don't even biggest. think Shaq would even be the biggest one because he's, skill-wise, he's not that, he's not even on the same planet as Tim Duncan and Hakeem. Because basically, Shaq would just back you down, do a drop step, and duck all over you, basically. So, the, I mean, I wouldn't even really put Shaq in that. Tim Duncan and Hakeem Olajuwon would give Will Chamberlain issues. That's what I believe. And that's it. No, I mean we, we can agree to disagree though, because I mean we still got other stuff
0: to get to. No, that's that's fine, that's fine. We'll agree to disagree again. I'm am I'm, I'm I'm not a guy that vouches for old heads. I just understand history and put it into context. This isn't me trying to just say oh the oh the the newer generation just better. No, I'm not saying that people who think I say that are stupid. What I'm saying is the context lets you tell the full story of why somebody would be successful in, right. in an era, and there's a legitimate argument that can be made. So. With this all being said, to wrap up this whole show, who in the world do you think is gonna be able to win the finals next year? People are making big predictions. I want to hear you all's predictions. Who's got the best shot of making it to the NBA finals come next season? don't know.
1: As of now, I would say coming out of the East, the Bucks, um, and to make it out of the West. <sighs> Until until shown until shown otherwise, I'll go with go to State at the moment. I knew you're gonna say that. Yep. Until shown otherwise, I'll go, go to State at the moment. But we don't know how Kawhi is gonna come back, so I feel like the Clippers can also be a dark horse um, in that discussion. So I feel like the Clippers will definitely be in that conversation as well. But I feel like the East, um, it'll be the Bucks. It'll be the Bucks as long as everybody's healthy and in the West. Um, I'm going to go with Golden State for now, but I can definitely see the Clippers as a dark horse. And depending on what the Lakers do, I'm still not counting the Lakers out. As long as you have LeBron James, I'm not counting you out.
0: Understandable. Mitch, what you got?
2: I got Bucks and Warriors. I like everything Domino said except for that last point about uh, LeBron. As long as you have Russell Westbrook on your roster, you don't have a chance.
0: No, that is true. Again, see, again, if you don't, if he does not adapt his game, he's just further diminishing. It's now we're going to see what Ham's going to do with him as a coach, whether he's going to make it so that, okay, now you got there is no capitulation. You got to do what you got to do. Or I'll get you for somebody else. I think Ham's going to be that type of coach. And I can't wait to see what Los Angeles is going to do with that new culture. That's good. It's probably going to be set with Ham as, as essentially having the ranks. Which is phenomenal. I love it. But in terms of who I think is going to go to the finals, are y'all forgetting about Denver? The Warriors. No, I don't know.
2: Actually, that was that was honestly the team I thought about behind the Warriors. But you know, it's um, not. It,
0: it it's not they a. Don't f-
2: enough, they don't have enough defense for me, and then I'm not the biggest Jamal Murray fan to be honest with you. So I think that they still need to make some changes before they can really be a contender cuz as good as Jokic is on offense he's probably marginal I think he's marginal on defense. No, he's, he's a big body, he's, he's, he's not disciplined and he's not an athletic kind of guy so it's like they're going to need to get Who's their backup center?
0: Their backup center is
2: Which isn't that – like, and DeMarcus Cousins is kind of the same thing. He's definitely not playing defense at this point in his career. He definitely probably wasn't even playing defense when he was in his prime. So, I'm like, if if the Nuggets can get a defensive center that can either back up Jokic or that you can get a starting small forward or power forward that's really good on defense and then you get a better point guard that's not, like, always offensive-oriented because I think that they have too much offense and not enough defense. So, for me, that's why I don't like the Nuggets. But I think that they're definitely an honorable mention for sure.
0: I think if the Nuggets were healthy, they would have beat Golden State, strictly on how Jokic was playing by himself. So with that, if if everybody's back and the Warriors are being viewed at by the by the majority of experts and analysis or analysts rather as the favorites, I would then say that the, the, the Nuggets should be favored to come out the East with how dominant. Yoker just by himself, coupled with once he gets help back from a fully healthy Michael Porter Jr., fully healthy, um, stinking Jamal Murray, and the rest of that supporting cast that is deep and can score and can run with anybody on the roster. I don't, I, that, I, that would be my pick. That and the Clippers. The, the, with the notion that Kawhi and PG both are healthy for the entire season in the playoffs. I, I think the Nuggets probably got the best shot. And then the Bucs out the East. Again, I still have the Bucs winning winning it all. I still got the Bucs winning, winning it all against nearly every team in the league because they're constructed similar to Boston. But Jason Tatum, the problem that they're having in Boston with Jason Tatum, they're not having when it comes to Giannis. Giannis will give you 30 and 12 consistently and dominate every single night and not play down to his competition or play down to right. his value. So because of that, that's why if Tatum did that, boom, I'll be saying Celtics would be the finals favorites every year. But because that's not the case, I got Boston every year. I'm going to have Boston until somebody proves me wrong. I got not Boston. I got the Bucks so- every year. Getting to the finals out of the East at this point in time.
2: I think that you know, just to piggyback off of that, I think that I think the roles thing is a really big thing in the NBA. Like, if you know your role, it's just it's so much easier to go out there and know what you need to do and to just hone in on that. Like, and the Bucks do that perfectly. Yep. Like, Drew Holiday knows his role. He scores sometimes, and mostly he's he's going to play defense and he's going to get the ball to his guys. Mm-hmm. Chris Middleton. Mm-hmm. When it comes down to clutch time, you know, even though Giannis is the guy, I'm the guy in this moment. You got to get me the ball. I'm going to score the ball. I'm the shot creator. You know, and then Giannis, he's going to play defense. He's going to be that steady hand, and he's going to always be aggressive. And even when they double team him down in the post, he's going to kick it out and get it to his guys. Mm-hmm. Because that everybody knows their role. Everybody knows what they're supposed to do. On the Celtics, I cannot say the same. And that's why I'm saying, that's why earlier I'm saying De'Aaron Fox can't just drop in there. And fix everything because not. I feel like nobody really knows their role on that team, other than Jason Tatum. And even Tatum, with his inconsistent play, it's like Jalen Brown might even at some point believe that he's better than Jason Tatum, and then try and do too much. And then it's it's just the whole thing is just too much for me. Like they don't really know their roles at this moment.
0: Again, so, the, the, all of the that, Bucks,
2: yeah.
0: All of that would be mitigated if Jason Tatum averaged 27-25 yeah. like he was yeah. in the regular season. If he does yeah. that. Then you get that whole okay. We know exactly what our team identity is in terms of who's got the keys. Why and, and other teams know that and have to respect that. Now having a offense where everybody can, essentially anybody can be the guy, it's great. But the reason why it's so effective when on the Warriors is because there's an out and out number one. They don't got to yeah. worry about. Yeah. They don't got to exactly. worry about if Steph's gonna play down, and we know what Clay's gonna do. If Clay just happens to get hot in a game, hey, cool. Okay, yeah, you feed him. Absolutely, I feed him exactly. But, Thank you. But That's- but but he doesn't go to a. We have to feed him now exactly. because Jalen Brown is 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 the only one giving us some consistency. Now it's if Jalen Brown's playing great alongside Jason Tatum doing what he's supposed to do in the similar role that we see with the Warriors. And Stephen Clay, okay, then, hey, now you got yourself a completely different offense that is nigh unstoppable because now you got two, one six foot six, one six foot ten strong, athletic, big players with soft touch and range. Should be, in theory, put them in position to be the best team in the East, but it never does, never does. Despite anything that they do, it never does. So that's what the problem is with Boston. Well, are they going to fix it next season? We're going to have to see what's going to happen as the weeks go on in the offseason. Oh, it's going to be an incredibly interesting. Uh, what is it, 100? How many days is it going to be to the playoffs? Or not to the playoffs. To next season? I know we're starting off early. It's, 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 it's gonna be a while. Hey, I'm,
2: I'm counting down to the draft. I'm not counting down to the season.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can see, shoot, we could see some big trades during the draft. Well, who knows what may happen? Yeah, yeah. But again, until then, we're gonna still be here doing our thing, being on the show, and having ourselves a good time. Mm-hmm. This has yeah, been the World Report. Happen, yeah, no, no problem, brothers. This was phenomenal. So glad y'all yeah. were able to come on the show. I can't wait to have you all on, all of, all, you all on again. For other segments Like in the NFL Like with offseason moves We're gonna still break down A lot of the questions With other teams During the season For or During this past season Like the Suns Like the Nets In later episodes But this has been The World Report I've been the works Got Nick's podcast Thank y'all for joining Go subscribe to them I'm gonna, I'm gonna tag them In the comments in, in the In the description below. You know what I'm trying to say, but this has been the Watch Report. Peace and love. We out, y'all.